in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Wine Thursday podcast, where all of us will be drinking some wine and all definitely talking some shit. I'm one of your co-hosts, Avery. We have Aya, Bryn, Hello. and Mario. What's Bob? We're back for episode 25. We missed y'all. We're glad to be back. I know it's been a minute. Um, let's just catch up with everybody real quick. How y'all doing? Dude, I like that we're on a divisible number to, to come back on. Like 25. I, if it was like like a prime number, I don't know if, I, if, I, if I'd want to like, just be like, this is so weird. What a weird number to come back on. <laughs> <laughs> but good, man. I missed y'all. I missed you. I missed you. <laughs> it's been a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> y'all look different. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> Built different, as you just said. Oh, true. you know what we forgot to do? A cheers. cheers. <gasps> oh my we'll gosh. do it now. We'll do it for you now. Clink, everybody. Clink. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Clink, 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 clink. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> Mario, Bryn, how are y'all doing? Me good. I mean, um, out of all of us, I'm the only one that's still in school. But thankfully, like, you Loser. caught me on, like... <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> you caught me on a weekend where, like, I'm not stressed as shit thinking about, like, midterms and whatever. I mean, like, I was telling Mario earlier on the way here, like, I just got through, like, my first round of midterms, so now everything is just, like, dying down again, and then we're getting, like, new material to work on for next round of midterms, but, like, this is the first, like, free weekend that I've had, like, in a while, so I've just been, like, sleeping as much as I can, <laughs> like, um, if, like, my roommates are watching this episode, they can, like, vouch when I tell them every time I'm coming into my room, I'm always just sleeping at this point, and they're always just like, they're like, Bryn, you're never out, or like, why the fuck are you still in your room? I'm just trying to like <laughs> make it through the day, man. <laughs> and what of it at this point? So, yeah, I'm thankful to be back. You know, I missed all of you guys. So. Yeah, I've been good. Uh, I think the last time we recorded a podcast episode, I was working for Safeway. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh no, we I got a new job. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about you getting the new job, actually. Yeah, and uh, Clap it up for Mario. Yeah, we're working in. Well, sounds now... like a cheers to me. <laughs> sounds Very like. Where am I cheers. Cheers. And as a matter of fact, I work now in an accounting firm as an audit contracted. So it's temporary, but we're working to establish a full time position. Uh, I'm already halfway through the contract. Kind of crazy how time flies by That's like fast. that. Wow. Uh, my contract ends middle of December. So we shall see where I go from there. Uh, besides that, nothing else to it. Just a new job, but the same me. I, I would also like to announce that I am going to be starting a new job soon. <laughs> Yay! 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 Another cheers. Oh yeah, it is another, another cheers. cheers. I'm empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this, I'll I'll put an exception drink for me. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, I fell into the sort of purgatory of between like what I want to do and like post college by working for my dad. <laughs> um, we work for Median RX, which is like a pharmaceutical like business company. We're selling one product to one specific customer group, which is like doctors and other healthcare workers. 
We're selling this product called the Air and Surface Pro. And it's basically like the, the thing that sold me and what sold my dad to join the sales team that he was recommended to was that it kills COVID on surface and air 99.9% .9 of the time. So it literally like is like a COVID killing machine, which is it's just weird to say, but it is. And mm -hmm. I'm doing, um, I'm just overseeing like data input um, for, for customers and clients. So, um, and other like email administrative stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back to making an income. Woo. Congratulations. We love money. I know. <laughs> I've been needing it. <laughs> Not the $10 to your name. Hey, Amen. He said like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be paying you minimum wage. Like I would be paying you more for, for your work, but because we're just starting out, like I have to give you minimum wage. He's like, ah, that's fine. That is fine. More than, than last time. <laughs> I'm I'm just ready to like be productive again. Not necessarily excited for the type of work, but I'm excited to like be back into a mindset where I am not going to bed at six a.m. and waking up oh, at God. like three p.m. So, I hope not. It's a it's a road to like you know being back to normal for me. So, yeah. How are you, Avery? Life is really busy. Um, kind of like if I had roommates, <laughs> uh, oh, rip roommates, <laughs> um, like Brid was saying, yeah, you would, you wouldn't see me. Um, I feel like everyone in our friend group is like trying to hit me up like, Hey, like Avery, are you free this weekend? And I'm like, no, I mean, I am, but it's just like, I legit use the weekend to like recharge myself because like I have used my emotional capacity and the mental capacity with these children and especially my coworkers, like. I saw this one tweet a couple weeks ago where it said like, I don't know how I described it, but it was like, how am I about to be at a full-time job and I have beef with people that are 40 years old or something like that. I retweeted that. Maybe you did retweet that. <laughs> and I saw that and I'm like, that is so fucking relatable because it's like, damn, like people really be hating on me just because I'm the new department chair. And I'm like, this sucks. And it's like, I haven't even done anything yet. I mean, okay, now I've done some things, but like, it's just interesting how like, people form these opinions just because of the position and it's like i literally haven't done anything yet so why the fuck are you like why do you have this attitude towards me but yeah it's been really busy um i feel like being in this new position has required me to like take all the skills that i have to create structure for myself because i didn't get any transitioning from the previous department chair um i mean he's helping me out he's definitely supporting me but it's like no one gave me a handbook you know what I mean? So like, for example, with ordering department supplies for all the teachers, I was given like a $5,000 budget and everyone's ordering their supplies and I have to figure out what we have and what we don't. And I've done a lot of that stuff with one card when I was like the student supervisor Same. or whatever. But it's just like doing that on a massive scale and doing a lot of administrative stuff like that. It's like no one has been telling me what it is I need to do. I've just been figuring it out by myself. And then that's outside of teaching and grading and lesson planning and all that stuff. So it's like, it's been pretty crazy. It's stressful, but I guess it's a good stress. Kind of unrelated. I'm just going to spill on it real quick. I'm trying out this new model to teaching where I'm trying to like self-pace everything. So you can take it at your own pace. And that means students can be at different levels. So if like if you're a truant student and you don't show up, you can pick up right where you left off. That's the idea. And everything I'm doing is like recorded. So there's no excuse for like, Oh, I wasn't here, so I missed the lesson. It's like, no, it's it's already there. You just have to watch the video and then do the assignment. And when you're ready to move on, you move on. Um, so 
which is called blended instruction. It's pretty much me just giving the lectures via video. And I don't have to perform in front of the classroom anymore. It's kind of dope. Like I spend most of my in-class time actually talking to students and helping them one-on-one. So I'm no longer like doing that theatrical shit in the front. I'm not as tired at work, but I do get tired by the end of the day because Aya knows that like I fall asleep <laughs> while I'm like driving <laughs> and I like pull off to the side of the road <laughs> to like oh, but, go take so, a nap. But. So like my question is like how, because you know how like there's like grading periods and then like you do things by like section or like bundles of like chapters or whatever. So then if they're doing it at their own pace, then you really have to like remember the, the past things that you've taught or like you, you then have to go back to like previous lessons that you recorded and then like remember like what was in there that you've taught, right? Like me, like me personally? Yes. Or the students? Um, yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of this stuff, um, me trying out this model is requiring me to revisit a lot of things and redo some of them because I recorded it last year during COVID and then I listened to it back. And I'm like, damn, this microphone sucks. This sounds terrible. I'm gonna do it again. Um, and uh, ah. which it's it's unnecessary for me to do because originally I was like, I did all of it, and now I never have to record it ever again. And I'm like, not satisfied with it. But with what I what you were saying with the kind of self pacing stuff, I'm still navigating it. But I definitely have to set like, this is when the essays due. Between now and then, you can self pace your way through this. But by this date, if you don't have an essay you're fucked <laughs> because that's that's on you and of course through that process like once i put like kind of two deadlines there's one where you should be done with the content by let's say october 18th and then the end of that marking period is november 5th so between the 18th and the 5th you should be in that essay writing process so it's just more like su suggest suggestive like time periods mm -hmm. of when you should be meeting with it's kind of like when we were back at usf and then you were using like uh the the, the flexi and it's like by this date you should have this this out of my money like in your in your card oh, <laughs> that's a good that's a good point though because it's like the the point of this model is trying to teach kids how to be self-regulated so that they're autonomous because when we're all in college you get hit with that in the face right if you don't know how to do it then you get fucked, fucked freshman year yeah. which happened to me and like the first two years i was like oh god midterms and papers and i don't know how to do this by myself and if you don't have those study skills well yeah um so ideally without me having to teach those things this kind of approach is doing it by itself but that's what's keeping me busy lately and why i'm like never on discord i'm literally like i do my oh now it's i guess 8 40 to four o'clock day i drive home and then i continue recording and editing like through the night and then i do it again and i'm tired <laughs> so i mean i i talk to you every day so i i like know what you do but then are, are, aren't you like afraid it's gonna like just all catch up on you like exhaustion wise yeah i'm i'm definitely afraid of that and i think it already has i think that's why like on the weekends i just need to not do anything because also the the one the reason why i'm also using this approach is because when i take vacations or when we go to festivals and stuff um it allows me to actually step away from the room and i don't have to be there because it's already self-paced all the kids can just watch the video and do whatever they need to do the substitute has to do absolutely nothing it's like I'm already there digitally. See, so. that's free money for the substitute. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. And um, and it's the best part about this is like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure everyone remembers their substitute days when like a teacher comes in. You don't do shit. It's like, oh damn, I don't have to do this. And then you return on Monday, and the teacher's like, did you guys do your thing? And it's like, no. <laughs> and then uh, the thing get you know it gets pushed back a little bit. You have to repeat a bunch of stuff because there's like four students who actually did the work. But in this case, it doesn't really matter. But to your question, Aya, with the exhaustion, I'm already exhausted. 
I've definitely there's uh the people who created this model they have a podcast that I've been listening to and like they've been talking about the outcomes of why you prepare all of this work so then when it's ready like you don't you can just kind of chill afterwards and then the focus really becomes the intent on one-on-one with the student actually talking to them and I've noticed that the outcomes of it because students aren't asking me like what am I supposed to do again they actually ask me questions about like okay wait so I'm trying to see how puritanism connects to enlightenment and led to transcendentalism and they're asking me like deeper questions and I'm like this is incredible it's only been six weeks and they're already asking me like deeper level questions so the deeper conversations have definitely given me more energy throughout the day but I think the exhaustion is catching up with me like when I'm driving and commuting because it's like damn I'm tired and when I come home um, I get home like around maybe between five to six and I'll like recharge my battery by being on social media for like an hour and a half and then I'm like oh man there's supposed to be dinner I'm supposed to work out I was still supposed to record something yeah so it's definitely a bit tough. Um, and if you notice in those three things that I said, uh, I'm not grading at night anymore because thanks to this approach, I grade the moment they turn something in because they ask me for immediate feedback. I grade it right there. I'm like, no, you didn't do it right. Revise it. Okay. And I put it in the grade book. Um, so it's actually eliminated. That's, I think that's the only reason that I'm able to do all this stuff at night with recording and everything because I'm no longer taking essays home, which is really strange because I've never done that before. So I'm like, I think this is a solution to my problems. I really hope it works because... What I really want is the day that I move to SoCal and I move to another school, like the, the model's already set. I don't have to do anything because it doesn't matter what classroom I enter. It's like, it's all digital. So so uh, the plan to move to SoCal is set, apparently. <laughs> It'll, it, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just a matter of when. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So like yeah. you have all of that online. So like when you actually are coming into school, is it really just like if any students have any questions, you're just there? Like oh, yeah, pretty much. It, it feels weird because it's like so the traditional way to teach. It's like you're in the classroom performing in the front, doing the lecture yeah. and everything. And so it definitely felt weird for a while because kids weren't asking questions. But there were there were a few points where it clicked that the model was working. Where like I was supposed to show. I don't know if everyone knows Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's TED Talk on the danger of a single story. And it, it's like a 2009 TED Talk, I think. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she talks about those perspectives of like, yeah, the danger of a single story. Only having one perspective, making stereotypes about people and then being wrong about it. And I was supposed to play it for the class. I didn't. And then some kid came up to me and was like, hey, Mr. B, aren't we going to watch this together? And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I totally forgot because I got caught up with whatever emails I was doing. I asked all the students, hey, do you guys still want to watch this together um, so we can like have a discussion about it after? And then you can do your digital written post show of hands who wants to watch it nobody and i was like oh that's fucking weird and i was like show of hands who wants to continue self-pacing it on your own everyone raised their hands and i was like oh so they all kind of like bought into it already and a lot of the feedback i'm getting from the kids is like i actually prefer this way because i have more time to finish this when i want to i can decide when i want to do it but then how do you battle like the people who like don't want to do anything like, don't want to use, use, like, that that time that is, like, you know, for them to, like, ask. Because, you know, like, I've been there, like, many times where, like, I just I just clock out of class for, like, too many days. And then I'm mm-hmm. just, like, by the end, I, I'll still be able to, like, do everything. Like, I, I do, like, I've been able to self-teach for a while now. And then, if anything, I, I like, procrastinate till I, for, like, major, like, assignments or whatever. But then it's just clear that they're... You know, for in that example of you showing that TED Talk, how do you know it's not just for them to just, you know, slack off or whatever? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's where the responsibility of a certain assignment comes in, where it asks them to produce something. 
there's also me trying to be better at these one-on-one check-ins because i do have like okay i don't think oh i didn't talk about this on the podcast i had to break up a fight but the kid that i broke up the fight for hasn't been showing up right so that's exactly the kid that i was talking about that demographic where um he hasn't been coming to school how do i help him and the times that i do like and there's more students like that who aren't doing anything i've been like scheduling one-on-one check-ins where i'm like so do you think it's a good use of your time to be using tiktok the whole time and they're hella honest they're like no it's probably not it's just and I'm like, so why, like, just tell me, like, what's fun about school? What's engaging for it for you? And then, like, we just have a whole conversation. Um, I'm trying to be better about it because I get hella nervous in those conversations. Like, just as any student doesn't want to talk to your teacher, I don't want to talk to them. Because I'm like, I don't want them to think that I'm hella scary or some shit. And they I do. want them to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to get My hit trouble. <laughs> I know, um, you, uh, you, uh, dude, I so sometimes, like, watch that video just to, like, show, like, certain people. And be like, damn, you you get whacked in the face, like, hella yeah. There's that Hell one hard. pop that yeah. like, and you see my head just fucking. Oh, oh still, uh, yeah. I need to see that video, by the way. <laughs> I'll send it to y'all. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, it. I feel like the model itself allows me to, well, it forces me to be a better teacher in that way to actually check in with the students because it gives me the time to. But now that it gives me the time to, I'm too afraid to use it, which is bad because like the first marking period just ended and some kids like failed and i was like damn i really let them fall through the cracks like i could have checked in with, i checked in with them on the day grades were due and they're like yeah next time i'm gonna try to be better about it and they're like but i also would like if you would actually check in with me more and i'm like okay i'll try to be better about that because i'm too afraid to talk to you honestly like <laughs> it makes me nervous speaking of school <laughs> Avery. <laughs> What a natural segue. <laughs> like, so we all know Avery is is a high school teacher. And I couldn't tell by now. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know by now, then... Um, where the hell have you been? <laughs> I know. Actually, where the hell have we been? <laughs> but realistically, California on, I believe, Friday. Friday was the day that the state of California became the first state in the country to mandate, not recommend, mandate kids in school from K through 12 grade to get vaccinated in order to participate in on-campus classroom time. Now, this is not a brand new topic. It just replaced flu, polio, hepatitis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for COVID. That's it. Mm -hmm. Now they're just asking you to get a COVID shot for your kids. And it's the same process as you do when you submit your vaccinations for school, et cetera, et cetera. Universities in California are also implementing COVID vaccines to be a mandate before you get on campus. Hence, our, our cohort here, Bryn, she had to make sure that she was vaccinated in order for her to participate in class time. It's not an exception to anyone. There are no written exceptions as of now. Now, of course, like any other thing related to COVID-19, there's an opposition. And Avery, I'd like you to be the first to talk about it because you are a part of the population that has to deal with the opposition. And even though that you've only been in school one day since they made it a mandate, not that it's anything brand new, but do you have any expectation on how the rest of the school year is going to play out knowing that now vaccinations are going to be needed for your students? I think it's going to be super important because I feel like the most stressed people generation right now are students about uh, the pandemic um yeah some of my other faculty members are saying that they're the more stressed out people because they're older and closer to death i guess but like everyone can die at any possibility it was a social construct like <laughs> <So it's, laughs> but like it's interesting that 
older people will put their priorities over and dismiss students' feelings when it's like, I feel like the students are the most in panic because they didn't have a choice. They were forced to go back to school. <laughs> like, let's let's be real. No one wanted to go back. Uh, it's all like, you know, a systemic issue with capitalism because it brings money to the schools. They get their funding, et cetera. But like, I think it's super important and will ease the children's mind if they can get their vaccine because a lot of them are in school right now, not vaccinated. Luckily, before school started in the fall, they did allow, was it like, 12 and 13 year old up to get vaccinated so it pretty much covered high school students but there have been instances of students and their families unenrolling from our school and other schools across san francisco because they don't like the mask mandate they don't want to get their kid vaccinated and then when they get put into the online the online school whatever structure that they have they realize how shitty it is They're like we want to put our kid back but the kid still doesn't want to even the kid and the family they both don't want to comply to the mask or the vaccine mandate and it's like what the fuck like what do you expect like one we're in the state of california and like it's san francisco of all places they've been requiring a vaccine for months everywhere and it's becoming like so ubiquitous that like you go to bars you go to events whatever it is they're gonna we went to kogi gogi and they're asking for our vaccination card if we were gonna eat inside that's why we mm. kind of ate outside because just because it was quicker and more convenient and less stress on them but there's a few places in San Francisco where, like, I went to eat with my coworker the other day, and they're like, do you have your vaccination card? And I was like, oh, <laughs> luckily I have the clear app. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people in San Francisco are asking for it no matter where you go. And just to kind of wrap this thought up, I think, yeah, it's going to be good for the San Francisco district. I think it's going to set a good – well, no, it's across California. So I hope it sets a good example for the rest of the nation um, to keep kids safe because there have been too many outbreaks at my site alone already that they've isolated kids and it's all confidential so i don't know who they are but too many people have and too many schools have had covid outbreaks yeah and like i'm on a college campus and so like um i know like the before the, i think this past friday the majority of the people did get vaccinated but they did allow if like someone did, wasn't going to get vaccinated they had to like be um it had to be due to like like a medical condition or like for religious reasons i don't know how they're going to handle that now because i already know um, i work um with public safety at usf um i also work like near like our health promotion services like at the front desk so like we're always like you know kind of hearing people like come in and people have just been like stressing about like trying to get like their vaccination like information in or like some have like questions on like what if they don't send something in i don't know like how that's going to happen like moving forward but i already know as of right now like all the students like you were saying they're all just just as stressed you know because like yes everyone is like you know trying to be as cautious as possible and um like each classroom that we go into, they're always having their, like, their protocols and, like, how they want to, like, sanitize, like, the desks when you enter, when you leave and everything. There's so many sanitation, sanitization, like, um, stations, like, everywhere, but there have been countless amount of times already where, like, Clorox wipes, they're already, like, running out of stock. People are already, like, running out of masks if someone doesn't have them. And so, like, people are just, like, stressing out of just, like, not even being able to, like, cater to everyone. So, and, like, 
there have already been like instances where like students have been like had to like quarantine already like in the dorms just because like they've been like exposed but like what sucks is that like you know even though you have all of these stations to like clear up it's so hard because like even like in the classrooms and everything the classrooms are already so like you know small and like packed you don't really know like what's going on and like um I've kind of been noticing it more I guess now that it's like going into fall and like the the mornings are kind of like colder and everything a lot of people are like I guess it's allergy season like up again and so everyone's like sneezing and like coughing more and so everyone's just getting a whole lot more stressed about it you know I don't know like how that's gonna go but yeah I mean I feel like if you have like this official like like mandate where like everyone has to be vaccinated honestly I think it would just put more people at ease especially the teachers because I know the teachers are definitely a lot more stressed since like they're the ones kind of like I guess like maybe like forcing the kids to like come to class now but you know yeah I can tell that they would rather have everyone at home yeah and then like even from if you want to take like sort of like a selfish sort of stance rather than like oh it's great for the students it's like it's better it's better for yourself because you're getting you're getting more protection against people like a population of people who aren't vaccinated and we all know that like vaccination doesn't stop you from catching covid it just gives you that added layer of protection but that's still better than nothing when being in a classroom full of kids who like they get sick all the time they I know kids don't, like, have proper hygiene at some point. They're like, you know, it's like all this. Like, from me, like, already being scared for you, Avery, going back to school, like, in person. Like, you being the only one out of, like, 20, 25 kids or whatever, 30 kids, like, in a singular classroom, like, every hour. I was already like, fuck, dude. You and I are both immunocompromised. <laughs> you like, I'm scared for you, and I'm scared for you for me. <laughs> so, and it's not really selfish. It's more like, it's it's real. Like, as much as I want to be like, yeah, it's good for the kids, because, like, I'm not going to say fuck them kids, but, you know, fuck them kids. <laughs> it has been said. <laughs> kind of a weird way to translate the conversation, but I'm sure y'all know about little kids. Sometimes uh, they don't know what they're doing, and they think, you know, certain things grow on trees, like money money such as their mom's credit card something that they think that their parents wouldn't mind and not only has you know obviously i'm talking about places where you can spend money to support certain things such as twitch streaming um oh, what a transition <laughs> I mean, here, here's, what I'm, here's what i'm thinking there's already been incidents i've actually had a conversation recently with somebody who is affiliated with twitch in terms of working for them name is not going to be disclosed However, she let me know that it's been a reoccurring issue history that there have been kids that will donate abundances of amount of cash, subs, bits, any type of donation to one specific streamer. She even told me that there was a situation where a kid donated 40,000 bits to a streamer. I thought you going to 40... say 40,000 dollars. But still, that's no. a lot. <laughs> 40,000 bits. Now, for those who don't know bits, do the math here. 500 is $7. Just go ahead and do the math for me. Now, Twitch has decided to 
utilize another monetization strategy to boost quote unquote small streamers by allowing users to purchase boosts that will spread recommendations to multiple users that watch streams similar to these smaller streamers. Now, in my opinion, without reading any context whatsoever, I read the title yeah, I was, of that. I was I about said, to say. And, and I, I, was, I, I read the title and I said, damn, this is a great thing. I can't wait. Then I read the context. Then I read the arguments. They're only making the problem worse. Apparently, there isn't a limit or a certain requirement scale for certain streamers to receive these recommendations. Apparently, anybody, ranging from your best friend who just started yesterday to somebody like XQC, they can all receive the same amount of recommendations with your credit card. So, <laughs> think of it this way. I think more people are pissed off that the recommendations are going to be going towards bigger streamers. But the biggest thing is, even if the monetization is to support the smaller streamers, the donation of these recommendations are actually unsure that the streamer themselves will receive any type of financial support from it. Yes. So uh, <laughs> that's my bit on it. I know Aya... Quite opinionated on it. <laughs> and Avery, Bryn has been on hiatus, but recently we've been streaming more often and we know about these boosts. Obviously, I've said my piece on it. I thought it was good until you realize reality. I'm sure y'all are on the same page and, you know, probably y'all have more in depth conversation to go further against this testing beta that Twitch has going on. Yeah, it was very sus. From the from the get go, as soon as I saw it, in a in ideal world, it really does help small streamers. But you, if this goes through, and this is, and by the way, for everyone listening, this was a testing group. It's not implemented yet. They asked like people to like Twitch streamers to volunteer, see how this like helped them, or like if they had like commentary on it, or like recommendations, or like you know recommendations or whatever. But it became this if this goes through it's going to be a gotcha game like it's going to be a pay to win and you as we know we're we're all small streamers here we'll get like max 25 like people like at in in like sort of one sitting maybe that's 25 people who like and i if i remember correctly it was like a dollar to 5 dollars for a thousand recommendations it's a dollar for a like thousand recommendation fee yes so that's great because in 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 your mind a thousand is a lot but you're streaming to like a f like max like 25 people who may or may not already sub to you who already may, may or may not like donate to you give bits to you whatever in some sort of like they they give you their money in an ideal world we, we get like the same amount of like the recommendations will boost our viewership to like maybe where pokemon or like Tycuno or like shroud is but that's like to their viewership now imagine all the people who like really love them, like the the twenty to like thirty k people that they that they stream to every day, that just give them all of their recommendations. We will never, if this goes through, we will never see small streamers on a recommended list ever again. That's the thing. Yeah, like you said, we don't know if all of this is going to be the things that are getting paid to recommend a, a streamer. They, we don't know if that money is even going to go to the streamer. It is mo most likely going to go straight to the Twitch. Like they're already taking fifty percent of 
of what we make on uh, on Twitch from our payouts. I don't know how much more do they need, I guess, and they can't even like inform us of how they're going to solve like all the hate hate raids, the Twitch bots, all that stuff. I don't know where any of this money is going to go to. It is such it's going to become like such a pay to win. If this goes through, I can't. I might just switch over to like YouTube gaming. <laughs> just to add one more thing, uh yes, the monetization of the recommendations are also layered in tiers. Just as like there are amounts of gifted subs you can give a streamer. Like there's a price for one, a price for five, ten, twenty, fifty, etc. There's also a price for doing one thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand recommendations. And yet people are unsure of what that money is being used towards. Now, reality speaking, affiliate streamers, let's put it this way, because everyone in the world can stream, but specifically, it's going to harm affiliate streamers because they're eligible for payment. If you're an affiliate streamer who does, who is nowhere close to even seceding partnership anytime soon, it's going to be even harder for you to spread your platform because with these with this beta test of recommendations like i have said we're going to see a lot of fan support that watch 20 to 30,000 every single day and now imagine each one puts a dollar into recommendation versus the smaller streamer with 25 viewers and they put a dollar in for their 1000 recommendations but the ratio is so fat that it almost this like it literally just disregards the small streamers recommendations because for every 25,000 recommendations there's going to be somebody who receives 2 million recommendations and thousands to millions is a fat ratio i mean, I mean if you can't if you don't know how to count zeros count them zeros cuz this is a fat is a fat ratio uh, i was i was really thinking that like oh maybe like this is just like a weird step up but that it's all equal because we're just, you know, we're all just sort of stepping up because of recommendations. And I was like, no, wait, actually, I did my math wrong. It the the gap in between people who are like re really popular. And I, yeah, it's like it goes from like here to like yeah here. And oh. actually, let me just spread this question to Bryn because mm -hmm. I feel like this is important for Bryn. Bryn's been on a hiatus from her streaming since returning to school. If this implementation implementation happens while you're in school and you come back and you're able to stream again. Would you feel inclined to stream knowing that your channel is now being shadowed over people that have already received enough support? I'm pretty sure that, like, I think if I were to get, like, more support after all of these recommendations, I mean, like, at the end of the day, if, like, someone in someone is, like, coming in to, like, watch and, like, they're new, I'm always there to, like, you know, welcome them and you're like, you know what, you can hang out, you can figure out, like, what kind of streamer I am. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I think it would kind of feel pretty weird, especially if like someone is coming in, let's say like when they knew the hiatus was happening or something, and then like they come in and maybe they're just like, maybe someone will say like, you know, oh, these are like, this, depending on whatever streams I decide to do, maybe like I forget that I was like playing a game like um, before my hiatus started or something, and then they're like, oh my gosh, like, either, like, you look different, or, like, oh, these are not the same games that, like, you used to play, or, like, 
you know or like if someone is being recommended my channel i'm sure i don't know how it works if they're actually gonna look at like actual content of like you know from past streams or whatever they're mm -hmm. gonna be used to that and maybe they're not gonna feel the same way as if like they're looking at me like now i if anything when i come on i feel like I would be more scared if someone is coming in with like the assumption that like they're going to get this like persona of me and everything rather than like trying to figure out and learn who I am like in that moment, if mm -hmm. that makes sense, you know. I also think that like the content that you that uh, what you did stream that you did um, that you did like Final Fantasy, Bloodborne, um, Ghost of Tsushima, Kingdom Hearts, all that stuff. They brought in like people from several several different countries, and I'm just thinking that like if this recommendation like thing goes through, you're gonna have a lower chance of kind of getting those those people because they're they're coming in from like they're going through like the browse like uh, tab of of Twitch. They're going to like the bottom where there's like very little, and they see they see you, and they're like in a different country. But then with all these recommendations that that could go. It, it'll just like put you like way down at the bottom and then like uh, boost others and that chance of getting to meet people who are outside of your realm like is, is just gonna be slimmer and i don't that's true last night when i streamed um avery was there i met this dude from ireland and he was saying that like yeah i like you're so cool like you're really sweet like um i love your vibe um my my little brother or has he said his wee brother it was so so cute. My my wee my wee brother who has autism. We we like he loves watching Legend of Zelda, so I always put like Legend of Zelda streams. And I was like, wow. Like I, I and and then he also proceeded to give me like thirteen subs, like gifted subs, like just just dropped it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> a lot. And he kept doing it like in increments, and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Besides <laughs> so the point, it's like those sort of interactions. If this all goes through, is gonna just be like almost non-existent. That's very true. Yeah, um, that was that was kind of that, that kind of hit where home is, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, get, you get a couple good interactions from somebody from across seas, mm -hmm. and now these recommendations are going to prevent that person from even visiting another channel who are looking for that one interaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also like just like, thinking about it now, just because like I mean like I've dealt with it with like some viewers like in my chat, where it's just like. Let's say, like, I am playing, like, my Final Fantasy games, right? And, like, I'll get, like, recommended or, like, I'll, like, meet other Final Fantasy streamers. And, like, that's great, you know? But I also feel like the chance where it's, like, let's say if I'm put into that category, if someone does decide to boost my stream, they're going to, you know, probably um, expose me to maybe, like, other Final Fantasy, like, streamers, right? Mm -hmm. But then, like, for example, it's, like, what about all the other streamers who want to make like you know they have variety streams like for example like you know not only did i do like gaming streams i also had like just chatting or like makeup streams and whatever i remember like um i remember when i would like play like other games or like do makeup i would usually have like some like people in my chat where it always just be like yo so when are you playing bloodborne again when are you playing bloodborne again and it's like i want to do other stuff outside of that realm but like I feel like if you are, like, being boosted by, like, some people, I think there's that bigger risk of being put into, like, this box that maybe, like, the streamer themselves yes. wants to, like, 
explore out of you know and i feel like at that point it could be detrimental to like whatever like the streamer wants yeah oh my god yeah you're so right wow that that opened up like a whole new realm for me because it's like <laughs> it's because it's kind of also like being a popular youtuber where yeah. you get put into a box because you started off or like like people who like make tiktoks like like a lot of like asian american like tiktokers you know they they start off like doing something and then they transition into like maybe like a joke where like they um they put on a persona of being like you know like a fob <laughs> or something but then that gets so much engagement right and then from there in order to keep up that engagement they have to continue doing it and now they're known as this person who does this or this one who does like like a chinese accent or a filipino accent they they aren't able to go out and venture to like other things and then when they do like their engagement goes goes low same thing with like people like people who do like mukbangs people who do like vlogs people who do like uh family content uh news content whatever like they can't because now they can't do anything else because now they're put in this box and yeah recommendations could definitely put be detrimental and then eventually you're just going to get burnt out and then not want to engage with twitch or like your content creation at all wow oh god that, wow <laughs> yeah, like on that youtube note i mean i feel like any social media but especially youtube after like the adpocalypse and just people scaling super high like i'm just gonna use david dobrik as an example like and then we look at someone like let's just say aj Raphael, who finally hit the tier and the goal that he wanted but it's like how long did it take him to get there of course like he stayed true to his craft and whatever but then there's other people who like just because of jokes and the algorithm and minute and 20 second videos it just skyrocketed uh and i think that's one reason that i mean more in particular because like during lockdown i noticed aya watching a lot of twitch streamers and it was really cool to see like a platform that hosted variety it felt like one of the last few places on the internet that was still open even though of course there's a lot of problems with it as we've talked about in previous episodes uh, with sexism and just smaller streamers to bigger streamers etc um there's of course it has its problems but it definitely felt like one of the last platforms that allowed you to just hey you can be yourself and it's not going to be fucked by this algorithm um you can still do whatever it is that you want and i think that's kind of why the door opened for us to be hey let's all just start streaming uh because why not i mean at least it has that accessible door but it already has a recommendation system like i can click on a certain game because it's already it knows what i like to watch already and I'll click on Zelda, uh, Hyrule Warriors, or Persona 5. and But then I feel like the recommendations, yeah, they're just going to continue pushing, like, who has the most views and who has the most recs. And then now we're going to, are we even going to be considered on that list or people that we're interested in? Because I, I do enjoy clicking on smaller streamers because it is more personable. Uh, you actually get to talk to them. But now it's like, are people even going to be able to find us because of this rec boost? Uh, like you guys were saying, like, the ratio is just off. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, luckily now, like, the whole recommended is not fucked yet. Because I will get, like, I get recommended, like, following, like, XQC or, like, um, Natsumi or, like, bigger streamers who get, like, more than, like, 10k, um, viewers. But then, flip side, I get people who, like, are only, like, maybe 100 in or, like, 25 in or, like, whatever. Because it's based off who I've been following, like, who I, like what games they're playing or whatever but then will that i don't know well 
I feel like that will just get fucked with this whole thing. It's a pay to win. <laughs> it's pay to win. And uh, you know what's worst? You know what's worse than a platform that's pay to win? A platform that is a pay to hide. And that leads us to our final topic. What a transition. That was the best one you've done tonight. <laughs> now, the reason why I say pay to hide has roots for our alma mater of a university, which is the University of... Well, yeah, University of San Francisco, but a trigger warning for, like, following. Like, from from here on, if you don't want to listen to anything that has to do with trigger warning that I'm going to say the words right now, uh, sexual assault, rape. That's a term, like, when someone, like, gives you... Drug usage. Drug usage, alcoholism, basically gaslighting and all that stuff, so... Yes. From here on, if you don't want to listen, end it right here. And but thank you for your for listening up until now. But if you want to continue, here here we go. Here's the transition that I have. So recently on Sports Illustrated, uh, on September 30th, there was an article that was released based on collected research, basing back to 20 years of the University of San Francisco, beginning in 2003, and it relates to the odd culture of the usf men's soccer program in hiding cases related to sexual assault rape and also unconscious taking advantage of unconscious women in general and it floated in the surface because there was been accusations even when we were in school that there have been some parties hosted by such members of the team where there's always something about one girl or a group of girls who experience literally they don't remember. And all they know is that they went and they somehow left, but feeling a little dirty. And because a lot of these women who have decided to stay anonymous for their sake, but one woman in particular, if you want to read the article, go to Sports Illustrated and type in University of San Francisco. It's the first article you will see pop up right now. Uh, there was a woman by the name of Ashley who reported her case since March of 2018, where she remembers going over to the house of one of the USF men's players hosting a party, and she remembers very little things. But what she does remember is drinking and waking up in a bed, completely naked, unsure of how it happened, and literally she had no one to turn to, no one to tell, and she was able to be strong enough to disclose her personal info on who she was and if she was a student and she was a student and it developed into this research that has been going on for the last decade at least where the school has conducted the investigation with the help of an outside firm this outside firm has disclosed that despite the 50 page report made back in January this year and despite all the cases and women opening up to these people that were convicted of such crime, they have decided to say that these acts are not enough to convince the pervasive behavior that describes the USF athletics program. Now, of course, that didn't sit very well with a lot of people. School has obviously had its issues outside of that, but since this has been a really recent and very consistent problem, that has been reoccurring even during our time as a student at the university 
it's now creeped up it has now been disclosed publicly to the entire country however they are still not considering any type of culture that the program is pervasive in these acts and that they're responsible for all of them so the floor is your is all your guys um um yeah i think i think the women should go first <laughs> yeah I'm, like, I'm gonna be honest with you when the article did release to the public i could not make it through the whole article not gonna lie just you know through it um as like you mentioned before mario um the woman who decided to come forward ashley she spoke up about her experience and i will say for anyone who is interested in reading it it is um very graphic so i will warn readers of that um personally i was not able to make it through the whole article so i will just say like you know go at your own pace while you're reading it um but it was a lot to take in and i will say when it did release i actually was at work so when that happened everyone on the whole floor was just like you know, just going crazy and just like talking about it. I think there was also a video that's associated with it. And like that was just blasting like on the floor. So like anyone who was coming in for like help, that was the first thing they were hearing. And it was just like very overwhelming. But I remember um, it was kind of weird, though, because like when that did come out, uh, me and a couple of other people who were working at the front desk, we were kind of recounting like, our own personal stories or experiences of like I guess like that culture on campus I mean like personally I was informed of it my freshman year because um I lived in a dorm where um the freshmen of the soccer team they all were assigned like a specific floor like in in the dorms and so like I was used to like you know girls talking about how they either either were coming from the floor or like they were getting invited to the floor or they wanted to be invited on the floor because you know like it's the soccer team oh my god like they're so cool but then at the same time like none of us really knew like the culture that was going on like behind the scenes and like that's really unfortunate for anyone who just like was unaware at the time but like we were all just recounting all of our experiences and um i remember um i guess like one of my coworkers. um they're a freshman so um when we were talking to them this was their first time ever hearing about like that type of culture like happening in usf and so they were like thinking like oh has this been like a thing that's been going on or like i had no idea or like i have some friends that are in like the soccer team like it's kind of weird and this that whole time i just kept thinking like oh man you know if let's say for example like if any parents were sending their kids like to usf like that year and they're hearing about that who knows like if that knowing that would have affected like sending their kid there you know what i mean and so like that's really unfortunate and i remember i think in one of my classes i think uh because uh one of my classmates they're part of like um they're also like in usf athletics but they also said that like it is unfortunate but like the current like soccer team now i guess they're full of like freshmen and they're full of transfers but what sucks is that when people are reading this article they're only just hearing usf men's soccer and that's it and so now 
all these people who are coming in and they're new on the team, you know, they're excited to start this new year, be in a new like place. They're just hearing all of this backlash. And then it's just like, I didn't even know, like, this is the program that I decided to join, you know? And now they're kind of just like figuring out, like, is this even like a place where I want to stay in, you know? And so yeah. like, I, I kind of feel bad for them, but it's also just like, man. Yeah. But it's also like where it, it, it wasn't uh, like a hidden thing. This has been going on for like for like 20 years. And when this article came out, it we we in our in our group chat, like immediately talked about it. And Mario pointed out that like in the athletic department, among other teams, it's sort of like a taboo thing to talk about about their team and i feel like the the backlash of the new team the new usf soccer uh, men's soccer team it's indirectly caused by a department um and a program that decides to like look away from what's what's happening from the problem they're turning a blind eye to it and not fixing things or like you know clearing up things or whatever not doing anything to actively like solve the problem and obviously, it's not everyone in the athletic department's like fault. Not everyone in there is a you know like a fucking rapist. But people who don't say anything and see a problem and decide that I'm just gonna turn away from it, they're part of the problem. Like even if they're not committing the act, they're they're helping it. They're they're um they're an accomplice of it. That and that's what made me so mad because I I, I joke that like. It's literally like 13 reasons why. Like, <laughs> what happens in it? Like, as soon as this like dropped and I was able to read like the full story, and I had I'd been part of like the the IG like following of people who like giving their testimonies, like their their experiences, whatever, and gathering people to support the, the victims and everything. Because I was just I I read through the whole thing and I was also infuriated about like having to also relive my own my own trauma while reading everything and then infuriate being infuriated by the fact of our president doing anything didn't do anything our title our title nine like department didn't do anything our counselors didn't do anything like people who knew this happened and knew who it was coming from didn't do anything like everything was just making me so mad and now i can't like really think straight so I, I did mention you, Mar, so I, I wanted to get your input since you are you were part of the athletic department at some point while while there. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was a part of the athletic department as a as a player and as a staff, and um, ran track and field my freshman year. So obviously, as a freshman, I was unaware of backstories of other sports programs. Uh, typically, all the sports teams had their schedules aligned to where there wouldn't be any conflicts with usage of facilities and such. Uh, only time there was ever a crossover, if, for example, there was something that came up for the specific player and their coaches would reschedule such uh, weightlifting practice or maybe even just a separate practice for a different timetable where everyone's available. Um, and so I've, there have been times where I would have to rearrange a couple of my weightlifting sessions with the basketball team. So uh, I would be that this as close as of an encounter as I would get with a different program. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of explanation about those type of cases that were going on because I stuck to my specific program 90% of the time. 
-hmm. So I was unaware of the stories and I was not curious enough to even figure out more beyond what's going on. And then, of course, after I left the program the first time uh, to focus on school, uh, then finding out some of the stories, I came back this time instead of, uh, well, freshman year, I was with the track and field program. Now I'm with the basketball program uh, with the women's team as a practice player, as manager, and I'm working with girls. So this is a different standpoint. A lot of them didn't seem phased or didn't seem like there was an issue with specific programs such as the men's soccer team because in all efforts, these girls are more focused on why they're here, which is their respected sport. So the politics is something that's additional because not only are they student athletes, they are also people and they got to prioritize their schooling just as much as anybody else who pays their tuition to go to school. Uh, but they also have a reason why they're there and they try not to get too sucked into like outside activity if it doesn't affiliate to them. So the reason why I say it's almost like taboo within the program is because these stories are being spread and the athletics department knows of these cases that somehow circle back to the men's soccer team. But in terms of like the coaches and the players, as much as they would it seem like they would like to be involved in order to get justice that is their job so it's a double-edged sword for them because they could do the right thing and sacrifice their job for the greater good of the community but also they don't see it as their problem because they're not responsible for that program it, it almost feels like the soccer program that staff that coaching staff the people responsible for the players and you know their sessions with 1v1 uh, trainers they should be the ones that should take the first step. They shouldn't let an outside community go first because that's what already gives them that bad, I guess that bad image because they're letting others tell them what to do when it should be their responsibility for their guys, their girls, regardless of what sport it is. So everybody was locked into what they were there for, knowing probably of these cases. And for all we know, they chose not to because it's a double-edged sword. It's a lot of those coaches, they're there to coach their respected team. And if they get involved with something that goes against their employer, well, I mean, obviously you could get fired or they don't want to work with you anymore because you're now in opposition. So it's tough. I mean, obviously it's easy to say that they're not doing enough, but they're also thinking about themselves because they're, they're getting paid to help out this program. So, you know, I know from experience that it's not their fault entirely, like we said earlier, but for the ones affiliated with them directly, such as the program itself, and even the trust, even the board of directors for that athletic department, they should be the ones that should take at least some type of charge to get their people straight and to look into these investigations because everybody else has their job. And if they're not doing their job right, which is keeping these kids like, straight then that's when it's a problem yeah the part of the problem is that tile nine department doesn't do shit like at all as much as i want to believe that they've 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 helped more than they haven't it's it's the opposite like i've heard too many cases especially through this um not especially but like exemplified through this article that the tile nine department doesn't doesn't help and i've i have i have plenty of friends and also myself to, to know like my own experience that going to them just feels like a lost cause and that you're better off just keeping it to yourself or like keep or like not 
saying anything. As as many as many women feel when trying to report something like this, like too many things from Hell Nine were that they don't help with, like gender based discrimination, like sexual assault, rape, you know, all all that that should be. You feel like you can go. You should feel like you can go to them, like to report these things and feel like it's helping, but it's not. And I mean, yeah, I've I've noticed throughout like. In high school and in college and in like hearing other other people's like experiences at other colleges that there's like a rampant sexual assault problem in in especially in like athletics too many times where like i've i felt like i was i was harassed and at some point maybe assaulted during during high school but because they were part of like part of like a, a team um, especially like teams that like my school was like really like really well known for or like really good at. It was like fuck, I can't. Who's gonna believe me? You know, who's gonna take my side? If anything, they're gonna be like, well, wait till maybe after they have like season or whatever. I don't know. This this is happening now. I can't. I can't. I can't not say anything. I mean, that's what a lot the the women who were um, who decided to tell their experiences to the reporter for Sports Illustrated. You know. They all had sort of the same similar thing where, like, I was drunk, like, no one's going to believe me. They're going to take me less seriously because I went there on my, like, own accord. Like, I like I should have known what I was doing or whatever. Um, there, There's so much to unpack from this. I don't know. Needless to say, I don't think I, I will ever recommend anybody to go to, like, USF ever again. Or, t- or think highly of, of this, of the school ever again. And, like, I mean, there were a lot of women who were brave enough to, like, you know, speak up about their stories. But I can only imagine that there are so much more who, you know, chose not to say something. And, like, if this does, you know, ever reach out to them or, like, to anyone else who has, like, a who has like a similar experience and, like, you know, they're, they don't feel like, you know, they could um, speak up about it yet I would just like to say that your story matters just as much your experience is just as valid you know and you too should not have been you should not have gone through that um but just know that like even if your story isn't heard you know or you decide you know you don't want to speak up about it yet you know you still have a community of people who are supporting you through it and that you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you will be able to get through it. Yeah. I'm I'm glad there's like multiple mediums in which people can seek out support for these type of cases. Our school is definitely not like the most like, you know, effective medium of support. People have peers, people have like support groups, people have social media who, who like for the most part will take your side and other other mediums. I do want to kind of unpack um our our cult leader father fitzgerald (laughs) um (laughs) he oh goodness gracious that man (laughs) at at no point in in the years that i've been like affiliated with with usf have ever thought that he was a dependable guy ever (laughs) but this kind of like you know you know this is a straw that broke the camel's back the hypocritical like was it um, contradicting things he said that to be put out into public like that, sir? What are you doing? Why? Why? 
why if you guys have like the specific quote that he said it was it was something like along the lines of like you know thank you for the for the victims for sharing the stories and also like you know we we hear you people who didn't share your stories like usf doesn't want to be like affiliated with that kind of behavior or whatever but then he follows it up in like an interview or something after that not too long after that saying you know we all make mistakes when we're drunk and it's just like what are you doing what you're not you're not helping yourself you're not helping you know the the school that you own and you're not helping you know the like the religion that you you stand by <laughs> and you're not helping like the people who like are going to your school like what the the fuck is going on man this is like a like sort of a side thing but like when when i first went to usf i used to go to like uh mass every sunday because not only did i really like like the cathedral and everything because it was beautiful but i really liked the message they always told during student masses and they have it like in banners and everywhere we're all inclusive we care about those from different backgrounds from different like religious experiences from different genders from different socioeconomic backgrounds from whatever and i thought wow this is like the first catholic school that i've ever gone to that really really put that into words and then like no actions show like showed that you guys are all like fucking talk and no show man yeah something i find interesting about reading back some of the comments that or whatever fitzgerald has in some of the articles is the timing of it i mean like yes it's a two decades of like abuse but he also i don't know is inducted the right word but he became the president in 2014 and i remember that shift because i didn't know the previous president i had just got into usf i just transferred that school year and in the spring the school went through a huge shift because he became president in the middle of like the spring and then it says he began his term august 1st 2014 so i think i should have been starting my third year at that point some of the comments that we're looking at are from this article he was being interviewed february 2015 it's not even like a year into his term or whatever and his his response to these sexual assault cases was manipulation often comes out of a desire for love it's yeah. hard to oh find someone God, who's that... malicious he added again again alcohol clouds this stuff we make bad judgments we make bad choices fitzgerald apologizes for his comments at the time and it, and then it goes on and he says uh, when that he was referencing alcohol and quote-unquote bad judgments, he was talking about the choices young men make under the influence of alcohol. And this is like around 2015, uh, February 2015. This is like a semester into his job at the university from the get-go. <laughs> Before you guys even got to USF, he was already in the position of not doing anything about it. Uh, lack of a better word uh, to, you know, I don't know, situate this Super guy sus. in. And I don't know, it, something I've been thinking about while all of you were talking was like, we would just think, we're in the 21st century, we're in a progressive city, a sanctuary city like San Francisco, and you would think that things like this wouldn't be an issue, but then it's like, it constantly makes me think about people, and I don't know, I'm not just trying to discriminate and be ageist or anything, but like, people that are like from and have gotten their credentials within like the 70s or 80s, it's just like, you're all carrying these problematic baggages of traditional ideal traditional ideal thinking that's wrong about let's just say with sexual assault and you're i don't know now you're on the fence about it like cool you're one sh shift degree better than previous provosts or, or presidents but it's like can you guys do something about it it it's concerning that like 
we are in the 21st century and children continue to attend colleges and it's going to keep getting swept under the rug. And it's like, at, at what point is someone going to do anything? Like, Aya, when you were talking about, like, the, the Title IX department, I just started, like, Googling, like, USF's stuff uh, just to look at it. And it's like, cool, you have all the, like you were saying with the banners, you have all the fancy words, you have the language, but, like, are these people in these positions, like, actually doing anything? Uh, and, like, USF amongst many other colleges, like, is anyone just gonna gonna do something? Like, uh, yeah. I, I'm just tired of, like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but, like, finally being in a position of power, I actually am taking what people are saying and trying to do something with it. And, like, I don't see a lot of people who are willing to do that because of, like, oh, the school's image or because of this. And it's just, like, bro, we need to make change and protect people. Like, this is not the time for us to, I don't know, put the school's image before people's safety like or people's education, um, et cetera. It's just, like, can, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, like, yeah, can people just do something about it as the person who is the president of the school. Why are you so worried about how USF is going to be USF's image is going to be crippled versus protecting the people that you're supposed to be serving because they're paying to go to your institution? Yeah, like in the in the fifty page document, I remember the the article saying that like several like one or several of people who've been on the men's soccer team have been reported to the Title IX department several times. And the Title IX department, it hasn't been here since the beginning of USF. It's been here since, I think, 2013, 2014. And that was like in the very early stages of it becoming a department. There are people who have been reported several times. And the document says that, the 50-page document from the firm. And then they still say that they don't have conclusive, ed like, conclusive evidence that like this is a, like a rampant problem in, in the soccer teams. Like, what other, like, thing do you need to say? Like, I get it where maybe, I mean, it's completely different, but, like, it's similar in a way where people who hear things that happen, like, at a certain business, like, like say, a restaurant, say, like, one of the workers there, like, super, super racist, and, like, the whole staff is racist. Like, there was that one place in San Francisco, like, that oyster bar that got reported, like, in the last year or so, saying, like, how, um, and this is, like, during the time, like, the peak of, like, Stop Asian Hate. The staff there were like saying like a lot of racial slurs, and they were they were trying to like mask it as like oh that's what we say when we have a certain order for a certain group of people it's like so the discrimination, but when the person who experienced that put it on social media, people flocked to their like Yelp and their um, IG page and their website and everything and like were just complaining like giving all like you know don't like one star don't support this business because they're racist. I get in the era of can cancel culture, it's easy, it's easy to see, like, to able to just zone in on trying to expose someone. But this is completely different, where this is over the course of 20 years, and sexual assault isn't, like, something, something new, and especially at, at USF. I, I sincerely don't know how they could come up to a conclusion like that, unless they're, like, misogynist, like, Apolo like apologists and like you know people they're getting bribed something I don't know like there is no way that they could have just come to that conclusion um, I think it's also really messed up that for a school that as I said spreads a lot of inclusivity there's even a specific phrase that's used in so something about how 
I gotta look it up. It's on the article, but it's like pretty pretty much the theme of the Jesuit Catholic schools that we go to, and that's like you know Society of Jesus. You know we're all equals no matter what, but the action speaks louder than words, and the students aren't receiving it, and it's been a constant fight for more than a decade, and. You know, as much as the school doesn't think about it, and some people may not think about it, uh, with the spread of this article, who knows what it will do in terms of students wanting to continue their education here or even beginning their education here. Uh, money is obviously not an issue for them because they get a lot of that. But in the long term, it's going to be sad to think about this, but it's going to be something that's relevant now and if it passes by then it's going to be once again back in the dust probably get recollected the next time another case happens but it's almost kind of like how the whole black Lives matters movement started it just kept it kept being posted over and over and over again however at the end of the day the movement's kind of just a figment of our memory especially because it happened during pandemic same thing how we feel about you know usf is a smaller community than the country. However, it is spread on a national level. We're going to talk about it for a while, but if it's not being talked about or if no con if no actions are going to continue going to continue uh past this, it's going to once again be another story in the past and I think we'll get done about it. So, I guess this is a hard question to pose and also like harder question to answer. But like what like what do you think they could do to not necessarily cease the problem, even though that like an ideal world to like it, it should be stopped, but to like address it and to like make it less rampant. Just reprimand everybody that isn't a sexual assaulter. Um, I mean, I know that says it's like easier said than done, but like, why not hold these people accountable or continue to hold them accountable or make sure that the people who come are held accountable on like a larger systemic issue? We need to be having these conversations with young boys about why this is wrong at an early age. Like that's why sex education and consensual education and so on and so forth is important. Uh, you know, really understanding the issues that, <laughs> that there are, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it intrigues me that, you know, places outside of San Francisco uh, don't talk about this stuff. So it's just like, and a school like USF though small gets people from all over the world. And so it's like, how we just need to teach i uh, hope in the future that we we can we're, we're able to teach more young boys about this stuff have these conversations and hope that this doesn't happen because I, there was somewhere in the article where it talked about how usf implemented an online uh course thing that freshmen are required to take and it talks about like alcohol usage and sexual assaults and other things and you should be smart about your own decisions and it's like it's literally what you have to do in order to like start like your mm -hmm. um like freshman year yeah, and it's like that's good and all to put that in there to make sure that like if it's it's like kind of like a stopgap to be like, hey, if you're entering college and no one talked to you about this, make sure you take this course. But like that's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna tell them everything that they need to know. Like there needs to be systems in place after that, which is what Title Nine should be, and public safety, and I don't know, uh, what are the people at the front desk called? Like any of those community employees like all these things should be serving that purpose of protecting the students but it's not i remember in the article that some of these people who got reprimanded i think they got five months of something and then had to do volunteer like community service that was the extent of the rep like 
like the reprimand. I don't, and I don't think they're, I think they were still students after that. They weren't expelled or like, you know, told that you can't come here anymore. They continued being a, like on campus. And like also was said in the article that, you know, the, the victim, like she had to, she had to continue seeing her abuser on like on campus. So yeah, as much as I want to believe that they should reprimand them, like they did reprimand them in some sort of way. But not in a way that was effective. Yeah, I I think I remember which part talking about where even though they held him accountable, he supposedly apologized and learned his lesson. He was still a creep. He still got to play sports. The accountability part, like take their scholarship away. <laughs> okay, you, you don't want them to not go to the school anymore. Well, don't give them their money. Make them yeah. make them pay for being at school and take away their ability to be on the sport. You need to reprove yourself that you've changed and like that's that's the one thing with this cancel culture era is that right now there isn't necessarily like right now it's just like you're canceled and there isn't like room to grow in that sense or change for the better um but like there needs to be systems in place to allow for that while also holding that person accountable at the same time like you shouldn't be able to continue attending school and have your privileges after doing that because you did five months of community service or whatever it's just like most people like go to a life sentence for that shit uh, so let's take away, like, take away their privileges, take away their scholarships. They fucked up. It's not strike number one for, for fucking assaulting somebody. It's no, <laughs> you fucked up. You're done. And if you don't do better, well, too bad. Now you're going to be here as a regular student and you should pay your tuition. All I'm going to say is that it's a constant pattern with uh, the soccer players hosting some parties. It needs somebody to kind of track those down, you know, because if it's really if it's really the, the epicenter of where it all happens, somebody's got to be monitoring that because everybody knows that athletes from the same team will live in the same house. So therefore, it's most likely that the men's soccer team players that host these parties, there are multiple of them at that party, if not all of them are at that party. And if they're all going to be fiending and continuing the same history without really being reprimanded and just getting a slap on the hand every time i think you got to start from there i mean it's gonna suck ass if you're a newcomer to the men's soccer team not knowing of the culture but some people gotta learn it the hard way and like i know i guess to take a preventative measure like we always say how we always have to educate everybody on everything and again this is just my personal opinion but it always just like I, well, I guess, like, for me, like, when I came in my freshman year, it always just pissed me off that, like, when talking about, let's say, like, sexual assault or sexual harassment, all that they gave students coming in was, like, like a five-slide, like, online course, and then, like, uh, maybe, like, a 30-minute seminar, and then that's it, and then they're like, okay, we told you guys, basically, like, you know, to watch out, we did our work. We educated you guys. Now you guys can go out and have fun and whatever. It's and their fine print. Basically. It's like, and I feel like that's just their, their way out of saying like, oh, we, it's not like we didn't do yeah. anything. We're not responsible. You know, like we did something. It's just that the students just chose like not to listen to us. But again, it's just like, if you have like someone just like having like, you know, you have kids just like clicking the slides clicking next like at home it's just like who knows if they were even paying attention i can say like from personal experience when that seminar was going on for like orientation week maybe like half of the guys who were there 
more than half of the guys are there. We're not paying any attention to it, you know? And it's just like, for anyone who's coming in or just like for anyone listening, it's just like, that's not the only time like you get to care about those situations. Countless women, countless other people, they're always on the lookout for that stuff like every single day. So it's just like, you know, even if you are on the soccer team, maybe you feel bad because like those are your peers and you don't want to be associated like with that kind of like culture, you know, but again, you are on the team. You have a personal responsibility to be on the lookout all the time, you know, keeping your teammates in check, you know, keeping your friends in check, making sure that they're safe. You know, this isn't just something that you just turn a switch on and you decide to care about and then like talk about, you know, this is like a real life thing that you really need to worry about. And like, do these like people who like oversee us, like, you know, we're, we're honestly kids coming in, like coming in as freshmen to, to college. Do these adults not feel any fucking guilt? Is is my question that this happened within sort of their their space? I honestly hate like it it like racks me inside. If something bad happens to like any of the people that I love within my vicinity. Like if something happened like while we were at the beach when we lived at the beach house. If something happened like when people were over here and I'm sure like you know like people have felt that about me when being around my vicinity and something happens to me. They think it's their fault or like they had something to do with it and it like you know it racks them for like for like months on end or whatever like do these people like not care that this happens they don't see that there there's something going on and it's affecting someone and they can see it and they don't want to do anything about it are they just so like keen on turning a blind eye to everything that in order to make it that i don't know they, they choose not to feel any guilt all right so to wrap things up here if you're someone who's planning on pursuing higher education or going to college just make sure you do a little research about your institution before you go there and if and when you're on campus if possible do your best to advocate for your safety your friends and especially vulnerable demographics it's really important that you look out for each other while you're on campus especially if you're a young folk who's attending college right now so once again thank you for tuning into another episode of the wine thursday podcast we appreciate all of you for sticking around and your patience while we were on hiatus stay tuned for more episodes spread the word that wine thursday is back we'll definitely do our best to release more episodes frequently if you want some further details on the topics that we talked about check out the show notes we'll link some of the articles to the things that we read about of course there's more information that you can find on your own and we want to give a special shout out to our friends podcast Jarrell, which is the soon podcast something out of nothing you can find them on spotify youtube and other platforms we'll also link it in the show notes stay safe out there get vaccinated mask up and thanks for choosing to drink and listen to us talk some shit we'll see you guys in the next one cheers everybody cheers. bless you bless you <laughs> yeah that's kind of crazy bye <laughs>